Welcome to today's edition of Daytime Dialogues. It is my great honor to have Chief Rabbi Warren Goldstein of the Union of Orthodox Synagogues of South Africa joining me today. Rabbi Goldstein is not only a prominent Rav in our world today, he's been the Chief Rabbi since 2005, the youngest person ever appointed to that post, but also he has become a voice for goodness and for truth and for all of the things that we value as a community, and unfortunately in a difficult role as the chief rabbi taking on the South African government, the ANC and their president, Cyril Ramposa, who have been supportive of Hamas and Gaza, and as we know, have been the ones who have brought the state of Israel before the International Court of Justice. Rabbi Goldstein's voice have been heard. It can be, you can watch them even on his YouTube channel, which is Chief Rabbi Goldstein. I encourage you to see those posts that he has, those speeches he has made, the articles he has written. They're extraordinary. And Rabbi Goldstein, thank you today. Thank you for joining me today on, in this conversation. Sure. Thank you, Rabbi Matanki. It's always a, a joy to speak to you. And uh, thank you for, for this opportunity to speak to your community. Thank you. And so let's jump right into it. For a chief rabbi of South Africa to take on the South African government and their positions as, and, you know, some of the quotes which I have seen in your name, that it's, that when you refer to them, that their actions is just reprehensible, that they're yeah. morally repugnant and the, the comments you've made about the United Nations and its efforts as well is so very unusual. What prompted you to take this courageous and and unprecedented stand you know i think that that a red line has been crossed when am israel is accused and the jewish people are accused of genocide and the, you know the state of israel which is the the only true democracy in the middle east and its brave soldiers of the idf are risking their lives by going door to door conducting themselves in a fashion which which uh, make it the most ethical army in recorded human history and then to be accused of genocide is something which is so beyond the pale from a moral point of view. And it is such an outrage and, um, and, and such a, um, an attack on the reputation, not just of the state of Israel, but the Jewish people. It's a historic attack on the Jewish people. It needs an answer. And if, if the answer is not proportionate to the attack, in other words, if we use that, that concept of proportionality to, to borrow it in this term of, of the response, we're accused of something so serious. Our response has to be vigorous, sustained. It needs to be something which is unequivocal and has to express the outrage that we feel as Jews to be accused falsely of such a terrible crime. Do you have an understanding of how the president and the ANC would take this kind of approach, their connection. I know that they have connections with Hamas, that the president had gone to Iran even. But where did this come from? How would a government of a democratic country take such a position, and especially the party of Nelson Mandela take this position? Yeah. They, they've certainly betrayed the memory of Nelson Mandela in doing this. I knew Nelson Mandela. Um, I, in fact, I wrote a book with his grandson, Dumani, <clears throat> knew the family, and um, you know, the, the, the Nelson Mandela's vision um, was uh, for you know for justice in the world. I mean, he had ties to to the Palestinian people and even to to Yasser Arafat. But he also, at the same time, um, understood and appreciated and recognized the 
the uh, <clears throat> the state of Israel and its aspirations. And I think that that, that is something and it, the justice of its cause. And I think it's 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 very important, you know, that that context. Uh, s s having said that, I think the, the the betrayal of the South African government is not just of the memory of Nelson Mandela; it's a betrayal of the South African Constitution with its Bill of Rights. And you know, South Africa is a very vibrant democracy. It is has an independent judiciary, a robust free press. I, you know, people have asked me when uh, media in Israel and other places, am I not afraid? Um, you know, to to criticize the government in such um, an outspoken fashion, it is a a testament to the openness of South African society that that as a rabbi I can attack the government in unequivocal terms, without without fear of any repercussions because it is a truly a free society, and that makes the betrayal even greater. Not only of the Jewish people in the state of Israel and its constitution, but of the free world. It is a it is a democracy aligning itself with Iran, China, and Russia. That's reprehensible, and 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 I think that you know there is a global issue here, and it's important you know for the United States. To and the United States government and the United States as a country plays a very important role in in global politics, and we need to strengthen democracies. You know, part of the point that I was making in the United Nations is that it is an organization that is dominated by dictatorships, and therefore the the ICJ, the International Court of Justice, is just an expression of the 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 inherent the the inherent um, immorality of the United Nations representing. Uh, and 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 being a body that represents the the dictatorships and the non-democracies in the non-free world, and you can't have a free democracy cede its right to to self-defense to a a body such as the United Nations and its extension in the ICJ. Now, despite the fact that you're saying that you're not afraid, I, I read about the uh, captain of the national cricket team who was removed from his role saying that it's a way of trying to keep everyone safe. I believe his name is David Tiger, uh, who, is a who is a proud Jew and traditional, and he was removed. So aren't have there been other kinds of supposed protections that have been put in on the Jewish community that really is an expression of discrimination? I know David Tiga, um, he he's an outstanding young man. He's in fact a Shomer Shabbos um, uh, and, 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 and a wonderful person. Um, and and what happened to him was uh, was was an outrage. It was just an excuse that um, you know for for the BDS forces which had infiltrated cricket South Africa, and it's you know to their eternal shame and disgrace. Um, but what what it shows is this, and and this is an important thing. It's not it's not only a South African issue; it's a global issue. When when Jews are accused, when the state of Israel is accused of genocide, what that is in effect, it's a stigmatization of all Jews because we are proud Zionists. We support the state of Israel. Therefore, what they are trying to say is if you support the state of Israel and you're a proud Jew and a proud Zionist, you are a supporter of genocide and therefore have to be ostracized and stigmatized. That is what our, our enemies are seeking to do. And that's why I know there were the, the congressional hearings, you know, in the about the Ivy League universities, um, MIT, Penn, um, you know, the, the the debates around the issue of uh, call for genocide against Jews and whether that is, you know, context dependent, as they put it. The, 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 what, what's really happening, which is a global issue, and that is stigmatization of Jews. That's why 
the accusations against the state of Israel result in a surge in global anti-Semitism because they are they are intertwined. When when the state of Israel is delegitimized, that is the state of the Jewish people, and and therefore by extension. Uh, Jews are stigmatized, and it's part of the isolation, not only of Jews, but of Israel itself. Because once Israel is in the dock for genocide, that 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 prepares the way for the world to, to seek its eradication and for its enemy to seek its eradication and then to say, well, you know, really they had it coming. They were genocidal, etc. It's 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 part of the way that Nazi propaganda works. When 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 you seek to harm Jews, the first thing that enemies that our enemies do is to delegitimize, stigmatize, isolate. That prepares the way for 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 what they want to do. Having said all that, uh, you know what is a remarkable anomaly in the South African context is that we have the lowest rates amongst the lowest rates of anti-Semitism anywhere in the world, uh, street level today. You know, Jews walk freely with um, men walk with with kippot. Um, school children walk around, sit sit out. There, there, there's no sense of this. This is the anomaly. The government um, is hostile, but the population is welcoming. And 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 actually, and, and that's part of the you know what I've been trying to say is that this government doesn't speak in the name of you know the South African population. But I I saw a quote of yours that that you said. You're not South Africa. You don't own this country. Your party tried to steal it. Now, yeah. when you say that as the representative of the Jewish community, and you also need to interact with the government at the same time, uh, has that? Have you received what we would refer to as the cold shoulder from the from the government at this point on other needs of the Jewish community? I'm, I'm not. Let me put it this way: I'm not seeking. I'm not seeking their shoulder at all. Um, or, or or any proximity to them at this point because they've crossed the red line. You know, there the, there have been times in the past where there have been differences of opinion, where you know there there have been clashes. I publicly criticised the government for this. The time of the vaccine rollout, you know, the time of COVID, I wrote a very strong open letter in in the national press criticising the government for the slowness of the vaccine rollout, the, the blocking of the private sector to help the poorest of the poor in South Africa. You know, I spoke, you know, from from a human rights point of view, you know, and in previous times when um, in years under President Jacob Zuma, when there was um, state capture and, and, and the mass corruption that was taking place. Part of what I, you know, what I did was, you know, to join the voice, voices of civil society to march against the president. But this the, what had happened since October 7 and throughout all of these years, open lines of communication you know, have have been kept. I sit on the National Religious Leaders Council, um, you know, with other religious leaders in the government. But but since October 7, I've not met with the South African government. I, I cannot. There's a red line has been crossed here. Cannot accuse the Jewish people of genocide and then say, well, you're welcome to sit down and have a chat with us. That doesn't work like that. You just, you just can't. You, there, there are certain differences of opinion and there's always room for dialogue and differences of opinion, but you cannot accuse I'm Israel, the Jewish people of genocide, and then say, well, you're still welcome to come and talk. That line has been crossed. And in terms of the other religious leaders in South Africa, have they come to help the Jewish community? Have they been silent? Has it been mixed? What, what's their reaction? You know, the, the the context of South Africa, just to, uh, uh, South Africa is a very, um, South Africans and the South African population is a very religious society. 
uh, very similar to, to the United States in many ways, in the sense that it's a population of 60 million, more than 59 million of whom are Christian. Of those, the majority, the vast majority are evangelical Christians. Of those, uh, a, uh, mostly support Israel, similar to what you'll find in the United States. Um, the the uh, uh, the the you know the Anglican Church, Methodist, others have have been sharply critical of Israel. The evangelicals are supportive, but in general, in South Africa, um, religious leaders do not um, and you know get involved in 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 politics. Um, certainly, you know, uh, not 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 in recent years. There's a lot of there's a lot of groundswell support. For, for Israel amongst many evangelical Christians in, in South Africa. But one has to realize that, that Israel doesn't feature high on the agenda of, of the average South African. There, there are many issues. There's elections coming. There, there are national elections happening at the 29th of, of May um, in South Africa. Uh, the top of the agenda for, for many South Africans is you know the poverty alleviation, hum, the 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 sense of the alleviation of human suffering, which 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 occupies a, a lot of people, and and that that is the focus of the elections in in the United States. No one can run for president without stating their position about Israel beforehand. In in South Africa, it's not it doesn't feature as an election issue. So 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 that's why when I say the ANC government doesn't have a mandate for what it's, it didn't run. When when it ran for the for office previously, it didn't run on a, a ticket that said we are going to be opposing the state of Israel in this fashion. <clears throat> it, it it didn't actually feature. So this this has been driven by the internal politics of the ANC and does not does not represent the people of South Africa. And uh, you know I think and and that's why you have this this anomaly and the paradox that on the ground day to day life in South Africa for for the for Jews is is comfortable. Although the emotional outrage and trauma of a government, when 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 the government of, of, of your country turns on on the state of Israel and leads the charge, is something that has upset our community deeply, and that also is is part. When, when I'm making these speeches, I'm giving voice to the feelings of our community to to express the outrage as well as reach across, uh, you know, to other South Africans. And, and saying to them, the, this is deep issues, and actually they look like they they are just Jewish issues, but actually this is for the interests of of South Africa and and indeed the African continent. You're a master communicator. Uh, your Shabbos project, which you created years ago, has brought hundreds of thousands of Jews closer to Shabbos, and it's pr been promoted in a way that almost no other program I can think of has been promoted. Are you able to use some of those tools to help advance this cause, the to try to overcome the delegitimization of Israel? Um, you know, what I'm what I'm trying to do, and it is in, in the messaging here, because and as, when I say the messaging, it actually goes to the heart of the issue. It's not about marketing. In 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 a sense, <clears throat> um, it, it is about framing and, and helping the world to understand what's actually at stake here. Because I'll tell you from an African perspective, and this is a story which is not often told, um, there is a jihadi war on in the African continent against Christians. The African continent is host to the largest Christian community in the world. There are more than 600 million Christians across the African continent. And there is a war against Christians from jihadi groups, ISIS, Boko Haram, Al-Shabaab, 
that that are that are murdering Christians, Nigeria, Uganda, in Mozambique, which is just across the northern border of South Africa. There is ISIS Mozambique that as um, currently as we speak are waging war against Christians. They're coming into villages. There are kidnappings, beheadings. There's uh, rape and mass murder, which is taking place. And, and, and there's total silence in the world. Firstly, it's to the eternal shame of the South African government as a, an African government that it says nothing about this. But, but global media, this is the story not told. It seems that black lives do not matter if you live in Africa and murdered by, by jihadists. Then black lives do not matter because black Africans are being murdered Christians. And it's an untold story. So what part of what the message that I'm trying to get across is for, for the world to understand that what Israel is up against is not a war against Israel. It's a war against the, the values of civilized societies and, and human civilization and a value and, 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 and the values essentially of um, you know of, of the Sheva Mitzvah B'nai Noach of, of, of Torah values or you know as, as it terms in the United States will often speak about Judeo-Christian values. The war on the West is about that and it's a war not just on the Jewish state. It is a war on freedom and democracy. It's a war which is being led by Iran through its proxies, Hamas, Hezbollah, the Houthis, Iran is the real issue. And I think, you know, this is where um, the introspection has to, to come, even from, from, you know, from an American perspective, that ultimately, you know, sympathy and support for Israel in its war against Hamas, but, but that is not matched by a proper, um, uh, by, by, by a, a proper confrontation with Iran. In other words, while, while um, you know, success, while American governments, including the current administration, has in fact uh, allowed the sanctions waiver to continue against Iran, sending in billions of dollars into Iran when it is behind all of this and is its, its forces around the world are seeking harm against Jewish communities around the world. They're the biggest state sponsor of terrorism in the world. So one has to, to realize what Israel's up against is not this little regional conflict of Gaza and Hamas. This is, this is about Iran's attack on the free world and on democracy. The United States needs to understand that, has to awaken itself to that, act with, with, with resolute strength, and globally, and that's the message that I'm trying to get across, I'm not saying to people, please look after Jews because we need your help, but saying, actually, we, we are all in this together. And, and, and an attack on Israel and hauling Israel in front of the ICJ bodes ill for the United States, the United Kingdom, EU, for the democracies of this world, when you say that the right of a democracy to self-defense is going to be subject to a, a body of the United Nations. So the, these are global issues that they, they, they have expression in South Africa. They're global issues. And, and Israel is on the front lines for, for humanity in all of this. Are you hopeful? Do you see a, a light at the end of this very dark tunnel? Yes. I, I will tell you this. I believe that the state of Israel, Jewish people and the free world is safer today than we were on October 6th. Because on October 6th, the dangers were there, but we didn't know. We didn't know them. On October 6th, Israel thought, you know, Hamas could be contained. Hezbollah could be contained. Iran could be contained. It's not clear they can't. On October 6th, uh, we thought here in South Africa, we had a government we could work with. We now know we don't. 
the, the, the knowledge is empowering and the knowledge makes us safer provided we act on it. The United States government now, and as it heads into election season, the, 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 the American people need to understand and, and, can, and, and surely can see post-October 7, who Israel is up against, what that means, and also to understand who are those who have supported the, the forces of barbarism and what, what that says about the culture on university campus, what that says about um, critical race theory, what that says about all of the things that have, have brought a moral inversion to the world. We, we should be safer from that. I also am, am optimistic as well because because we have this knowledge, but also for a spiritual stirring in the Jewish people, because, you know, ultimately this battle is political, it's military, but we mustn't forget as I'm Israel that that the real battle is spiritual. And, and I, you can feel, and I'm sure that, that you have seen it yourself in so many different ways across North America, Israel and, and the world, a spiritual stirring of Jews who are asking themselves, what does it mean to be a Jew today? And, you know, that the, the, that that Hamas attacks on a Shabbos of Simchas Torah is not by coincidence. This is not about borders. It's not even about from the river to the sea. It is about, it is about the eradication of Am Yisrael and the values that we stand for. And therefore, the part of the introspection that so many Jews have been doing around the world is what are these values? Who is it? What does it mean to be a Jew? There's a spiritual stirring, seeing it, you know, people searching for, for Shabbos at a time like this, people searching for a closeness to, 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 to Judaism, to the values of our Torah. And, and so as we strengthen ourselves as Am Yisrael from a military and a political point of view, it is also important that we strengthen ourselves from a spiritual and a moral point of view, because it is the spiritual and moral strength that will ultimately give us the, the 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 military, diplomatic, political strength that we need. In a sense, that pasuk Hashem Oz Hashem Shalom. Oz the Hashem gives His people strength, and the midrash says, as you know, Oz Torah. That is Torah, and from there comes the path to peace. From 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 Torah to strength to peace. Uh, the journey is long and there's a lot of challenge, um, but but we have everything we need, you know, and 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 Hashem's blessings. And uh, we, you know, we just need to remain resolute, know who we are, reach out to allies all around the world and uh, and, and and help the world understand this is not just our battle. This is the battle for humanity. You've been traveling with all of these messages and you've been bringing them back to Israel. You've been bringing them to other places. Have you found coalitions or groups of leaders around the world who are joining, trying to battle the same messages and from the Jewish community, trying to strengthen the religious uh, connections as a result of the war? Yeah, you know, uh, even you, you mentioned the um, the Shabbos project. Actually, this year in, in Israel, uh, you know, generally in Israel, the, the, the Shabbos project over the years has managed to to, to reach across all of the political divides and of levels of religious observance. Um, in Israel, it's known as Shabbat Olamit. And, and, and you know, as you know, Parashat Vayera in November, so it was just weeks after October 7. And when, 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 when um, this darkness descended on the world, you know, we didn't know, you know, kind of what to do, and certainly not in Israel. But it was an amazing thing. There was a, 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 
a search and a call from within Israeli society. Our partners, I mean, over the years, we've worked with most years more than 100 municipalities in partnership with them right across the, you know, the political divide and religious divide um, because of an understanding that Shabbos is, you know, what it means to be a Jew. It transcends politics. Um, and 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 have found that in the aftermath of October 7, there was even a, a greater search for it. And I think certainly internally as the Jewish people, I'm, I'm seeing the spiritual search, you know, in, in so many different parts, parts of the world. Um, and and, and I, the the the, the, the uh, I also have found, but it's it's uh, you know uh, the, the the sense of you know allies in the world, people understanding, people of of decency understanding. That that's also reason I've spoken so with such openness and and forthrightness. It, it's I'm I'm speaking, you know, in 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 this world of public communication and in politics, there there are those who are ardent supporters and there are those who are ardent enemies and then that they make up a smaller percentage 70 80 percent are in the middle the undersides and 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 really you know part of what is is talking to them and I'm, I'm i find resonance when one says things clearly with moral clarity things that people are actually thinking and believing themselves but sometimes are too afraid to say in public um either for reasons of physical safety or more often or being cancelled, or for uh, a sense of being politically correct. But if if the truth is said with clearness, with clarity, and with with conviction, I find there are a lot of people. If you have a look, you know, on on my on my YouTube channel, you'll see that many of the comments are coming, you know, from from Christians from from right across the spectrum who's saying, you know, thank you for saying these things. There 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 are many allies and friends that we have across the world as as the Jewish people. We need to believe in ourselves, you know, like that pasuk in Pasha Shlach when they, when they said, you know, that we were that sense of we have to believe in ourselves. We think we are grasshoppers in our own eyes, and then we will appear like that in the eyes of others. If you wanted to give one word of advice to people who are going to be watching this or are watching it now, what would that word of advice be? Um, wow. It's a, look, I, I think it's a, it's, it's, it's a good question, but I, I would sum it up in, in really, you know, the phrase that we say as we finish a Chumash, Sefer in the Chumash and Chazak, Chazak, V'nit, Chazak, that in times of crisis like this, the most important thing is strength. We have to be strong and 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 not to waver. We need to know it's not 1938. Um, sometimes it feels like that, but it's not. We have an independent Jewish state with an army blessed by Hashem. Without you know all of this is from the blessings of Hashem. Hashem has blessed us with an independent Jewish state with an army. He but Hashem is also blessed that we have strong diaspora communities in vibrant free democracies and free societies that can play our role in supporting Am Yisrael. So we need to be strong and believe it's not 1938 and that we can, and we need to, we need to have a sense of confidence in who we are. Chazak, chazak, but then it's nit chazak. We draw strength from each other and look to give strength and receive strength. Um, you know, I was just on a, on, on a, a Zoom call with, um, with the mother of, of one of those who, who are being held hostage um, and, um, you know, we should daven for Bar Avraham uh, Ben Julia. Um, 
uh, and and he you know he was captured on October seven. He's still being held in captivity. But talking to her, she 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 reached out to me to talk to find out about what more could be done to strengthen Shabbat in the world. And I was just so moved by her personal courage um, and you know and what that means. My you know my dear friend. Uh, Rabbi Daron Perez, who I know is also a dear friend of yours, and and his bravery with his son, you know, Daniel. Uh, you know, there, there are these he heroic stories all over. Um, and for me, I, I feel humbled by their strength. And that's the nitchazek. So, uh, you know, I think we, we need to give strength. We need to receive strength. And we need to um, to to connect to Avinu Shabashamayim, understand this as a spiritual awakening, and uh, and and find our our path forward uh, through Torah to strength to shalom to peace. Rabbi Goldstein, our time is rapidly ending. I want to thank you for your your strength, your courage at this most difficult time, but also most importantly for the inspiration you provide to all of us. The fact that you're continuing to lead your community to greatness, you continue to work on the greatness of the entire Jewish people, the Shabbos project is something that will forever have an impact on our world. And now the way you're able to, to take the stand against the unethical, the unimaginable behaviors of the ANC in your, in your country, but also call upon all of us of Chazak, Chazak, Venit Chazak. Thank you so very much for giving me your time today. And you should continue to lead us with that strength of the Chazak Chazak. Thank and you. Thank you so much, Rabbi Matanki, and to all of your listeners and to your community. Uh, God bless you. And thank you for your friendship and support. It means the world to me. Thank you. Have a wonderful evening and a wonderful continued, continued service to our community. Bye-bye.